You're listening to the Wes and Walker Show. I want to have a barking contest. It's Wes. This is the the West Bulldog Bryant. What you got? It's so much better. It's the best. And Walker. This is Fiddy's bark. If Fiddy was a dog behind a fence, would you enter this cage? Go ahead, Fiddy. Show him your bark. <laughs> that was sensational. I don't know if I can beat that. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNC. <laughs> One more hour to go on Weston Walker. You're listening to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. I want to get to quite a few Hornets texts on the FanDuel text line, 704-570-9610. We were asking who your favorite Hornet was of all time, and we got a few answers. Colin Hoggard writes in again, young LJ is the closest thing we've had to a homegrown number one option. It's probably true. Yeah. I don't know who else it would be. Glenn, yeah, not homegrown. Glenn Rice can't be. Kimball Walker was good, but not LJ Peak. Just most talented. Who yeah, you drafted? I mean, who became was, that guy? Was there, but yeah, LJ is probably the right answer. Wolfpack James had a couple of jokes. Said I thought the favorite Hornet of all time would be Nick Batum. He also said I thought JD might have gone with Anthony Davis, but nobody, go scratch <laughs> yourself. But nobody did say. Saw Anthony a couple Davis. of Jamal Mash burns back to back from MFG in a nine eight zero number too. A lot of people appreciated Monster Mash. I had his sneakers. Uh, back in the day, the felines. People love Jamal Mashburn. Yeah, man, Mashburn was nice. I think he's one of the more underrated players in NBA history. NBA? I thought you were going Hornets history, and then you went NBA. Fine, NBA. I mean, he was when he was okay. in the league. I mean, he was a baller. I mean, I'm so, not saying he's all time top five small forward or power forward, wherever you want to put him, but Mash was ill when I, he was in the league. Here's the thing: I loved Jamal Mashburn mm-hmm. as a kid. I loved him. And then I did this top 35 Hornets of all time. Yes, that is a journey that I embarked on because of the Hornets' Uh? 35th year anniversary. Mm -hmm. And we did this top 35 list on Lockdown Hornets. And I remember from doing the same thing when the Hornets celebrated their 30th anniversary, people did not like where I had Jamal Mashburn. It's probably, I think, the angriest people got with me. I had him number 15 on the all-time Hornets list, which is pretty far down there. But I had Eddie Jones one spot ahead of him. All-star appearance his lone year. I had David Wesley, number 13. I had Kendall Gill, number 12. Those were the guys. In fact, we can do this. You All right, you, you got the, the sound ready, Fitty? You got the fanfare if we want to go down the list real quickly and just reveal each of these top 10 guys. So one guy that I had just outside the top 10, LaMelo Ball came in at number 11. So you got to work for that, didn't you? Not as much. Oh, you- I thought I thought I was going to because it's crazy. Like I thought I was going to. I don't know. I I really didn't. Fitty, do you not believe me? Did you just mute the 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 Lamelo stands because there's there's no way they're the most annoying stands in sports. They will come at you. It's a, it's why you guys are right in assuming that. I'm telling you, I was surprised to not have them bring the heat as much as they did or did not. But here is the top 10, according to Walker Mail, the top Hornets slash Bobcats, the Horncats, if you will, of all time. Number 10, Al Jefferson, All-NBA appearance, number 10. Number 9, Anthony Mason. Number 8, Gerald Wallace. 
People thought he was even too low. They wanted him I higher. I could see that. Number seven, Baron Davis. Number six, Del Curry. Number five, Vinny <laughs> agrees with all of them. Glenn Rice. Number four, I went Muggsy. Yeah. Vinny agrees with all of them. Number three, Alonzo Mourning. Two, Larry Johnson. <laughs> and number one, Mr. Cardiac himself, Kimba Walker. Okay. Yeah, I like that list, man, because right, I know you, you put much research into it. I know it was well thought out and thorough, so I'm going to rock with what you've got there, and I had no disagreements. I like everybody just agreeing with the list. Usually when you throw something out there like that, people say, why did you have him number one or number three? But I appreciate everybody just accepting the list for what it was. Thank you very much. <laughs> and with that, we will now go to the Live Wire with J.D. Fitty Marlowe. Live Wire Connect. All right, boys, we'll keep it with the Hornets because we had this soundbite uh, slated to play in the first segment of the show, but it was not played. Before we got on the air, Walker and, and Colin were talking about a quote from Brandon Miller that salvaged a goose egg in the Rising Stars challenge on Friday night when the rookie said he not only wants to win, but he wants to win here in Charlotte. I know for sure we left off on a great note. Um, you know, we're just going to keep building off those three wins um, and just, you know, hopefully bring, you know, a great culture and a great atmosphere to Charlotte. Now, I think my, my main goal is to win, um, win with Charlotte, um, just win the playoffs, you know, and, uh, you know, like I said, bring back the bring, bring some uh, a great atmosphere to Spectrum Center. Walker and Wes, you two, I mean, y'all both are, you grew up loving this team and seeing the, and wanting this team to be successful. What does it mean to hear a young player, the caliber of Brandon Miller, say not only does he want to win, but he wants to win and, and bring back the buzz, if you will, to the Queen City here? Well, I mean, you can choose to look at it two ways. You can say, well, what else is he supposed to say? I mean, he's a young player with the franchise. There's no way he could force a trade or force his way out. But I believe him. And I think that this is a young man that's cut from a certain cloth. We've talked about that, how, you know, he's already barking on guys. He's already demanding excellence from his teammates. He's seeing that ownership is going to try to make some moves uh, to help him out with some of the stuff that they did during the deadline. And so I think that when you hear this young man talk, I think he's cut from that old school approach to where he wants to win with the team that drafts him, the team that believes in him. Now, we'll see how that's looking four years from now. But as far as right now, I believe what he's saying. I think this is a young man that's hungry to be a star, but also hungry to win. And I think he wants to do it here. Uh, and the Queen City, so I believe him. The context surrounding this question, too, was about what kind of accolades he wants to achieve just individually. And he was saying he's all focused on winning here in Charlotte, which is nice. I wish we would have gotten something better than a goose egg in the Rising Stars Challenge. Yes. If I told you going in, hey, expect zero points scored from Brandon Miller in this outing, then you would be disappointed by that. I wanted Brandon to, I'd go for 20 I mean, that'd have been cool, but I'd like for the world to know, hey, we got something cool down here in Charlotte. I wanted to see something more than what we saw. And that's just not how All-Star Weekend operates. Nobody is there to be 100% competitive unless you play for the G League All-Star team and they're viewed as the tryhards. Those losers. Why are you trying? 
All Star <laughs> Weekend. Why? This is ridiculous. Why do you want to play so hard, uh, man? Please, are you are you sweating? <laughs> you fool! That's how it goes during All Star Weekend. I would have liked to have seen a bucket made, but he was 0-4, 0-2 from three point range. Got a block, so there are some defensive stats that he posted, which is surprising, considering the weekend. But Brandon telling you that he wants to win here in Charlotte. Here's the reason that I'm cool for the most part with what we saw. That guy's as competitive a rookie vocally and just what you watch on the court as we've seen in a long time here. Yeah. Like Get that, the bleep back! Yeah. Like, Brandon Miller is about this. And so, I'm not even saying it would be that much of a worry with any rookie that did what he did. But especially Brandon Miller, who is as competitive and letting you know about it constantly, we're going to be just fine with his well, mindset. I also think he plays in that game again next year. And I think next year it'll be a different story. Maybe he plays in the All-Star game next year. He could, yeah. Maybe a different one. LaMelo was in the Rising Stars Challenge 2022. That was his lone All-Star appearance. So maybe we get Although, a replica of that with Brandon Miller. If that were to be the case, there'd be like some hack of a host like Bill Simmons talking about how he needs to get out of Charlotte and go play for a winner like L.A. or Boston. Like that That's going to happen with Brandon Miller, right? Because it happened with LaMelo. I mean, there was this show on ESPN with Jay Will, Keyshawn, and Max. I wonder why they got fired. But and, and Lamelo's second year saying he needs to force his way out. Like the same thing's going to happen with Brandon Miller if he continues this ascension towards the top of the rookie ladder, right? Yeah. Well, we we did get it with Lamelo. So you either leave as the star, or then you just become a part of the very problem with the culture you play for, which is now what Lamelo was accused of. I hope that doesn't happen with Brandon Miller. I don't. I don't think it does. I think they're going to realize. Well, we know we're going to get seven years out of him because there's no way it would be very rare to turn down that rookie extension. So I don't think he's going to do that when that time comes. So we'll we'll see about some of the accolades coming his way. All-NBA, Supermax, making an all-star appearance and whatnot, first-round pick. And so you're right about that. The only reason that that blows up is if the player requests a trade. And we've seen that blow up some contract situations. A decent amount of the NBA. It hasn't happened with LaMelo. I hope it doesn't happen with Brandon or LaMelo and those two guys can coexist with a successful team. Another guy that we expect to uh, record a lot of accolades in the Queen City is Bryce Young. Even after an up-and-down rookie season and in an interview with TMZ, he expressed his confidence and belief that he'll have a bounce-back year in his second season in the NFL. You know, obviously this first year, you know, speed bumps, you know, learning curve, all that. And I'm sure, I'm sure, you know, you lived that, you know, you're the number one pick. So I got to know, where's your, where's your head at? Where's your confidence at going into this next season um, after after the rest of Yeah, um, you know, I feel like I've learned a lot. I feel like I've grown and I'm, I'm definitely confident. And that comes from uh, being able to, to play with the, the team that I have, uh, being able to lean on my teammates, um, you know, getting a new coaching staff and I'm excited to get work with them. Um, so again, I, I feel like I've, I've grown, I've learned, I'm excited to improve this offseason, um, you know, get better at some things, and you know, I'm excited for you too. Do you think that in year two, like, you know, the the, fr- like the franchise, everybody, the coaching, everything, you, like, you know, you go, you all went through it together. Like, you feel like, you feel like there's some, a, mo- a movement that's happening there that, 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 that may shock people. For sure, yeah. Again, it wasn't, it wasn't the year we wanted to have last year, um, some tough times, but you grow through that, you know, I feel like as a, as a team, we, we grew a lot closer to that, um, and you know we're, we're all in that together, and we're all dedicated to turn that around to improve it, uh, being better, so I'm, I'm excited for that journey. And you still, between the ears, you're still that number one, you know? You still feel that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, for me, it's, um, you know, I try to control what I can control, and you know, of course, uh, you know, I have confidence, but again, at the end, uh, you know, I, I lean on the people around me, we all have confidence in ourselves, I have confidence in my team, so that's where it comes from. 
On a scale of one to ten, Walker, how much has your confidence swayed in, the, in your belief in Bryce Young being the franchise quarterback he was drafted to be? All right, so if we're going one to ten, the the drama of how much my confidence has swung. I was so sure that he was going to be a non-fail QB. Like, he was going to come in and just not fail. I didn't know about the ceiling for Bryce, but I felt very good about him not failing. And it was bad last year. Bryce Young failed along with this team, but Bryce Young failed. I would say, I think it was so terrible, everything around him. It's not crazy change, but it's probably at a four as far as the drama of swinging from one way to another. That coaching staff did him zero favors. That offensive line was the exact opposite of what we expected. We thought top 10 unit, or at least top 15, better than average. And they were one of the worst. The only reason they weren't ranked dead last in like PFF rankings or whatever outlet you want to go by with your advanced metrics, it was because they were run blocking okay, but their pass protection was as bad as any pass protecting unit in all of football. On top of bad wide receivers, like it was just a terrible situation, and that's why it's not any higher than what a four is on the on the panic meter. Yeah, so my panic meter on if he'll get better or not, I'm going to put it at about a two. Uh, I'm pretty mm. confident. I mean, I've watched so much football in my lifetime, and yeah, it's no sure thing, but I just feel like I've seen so many rookie quarterbacks that have come out of the gates and struggled. And so I feel like with everything that was going on around Bryce, I mean, not much more could have been expected because my preseason prognostications of him came off the fact that I did think this offensive line was going to continue to improve. I did think this receiving core was going to be at least a decent set of guys for him to start with. I used to call it a a starter kit, so to speak. I had no clue that the offensive line was going to regress and that these weapons were going to come in and be subpar outside of Adam Thielen. And so, uh, but as far as what I think is going to happen this offseason, I think things are going to be upgraded. I like Canales and what he brings. I think he's as good a fit as you could put with Bryce for a second year as you could ask for. I think he's going to finally have the stability that he's looking for. So I'm at like a two. We're going to be scared to go all in on the changes this offseason and talk about how great they are because we were so wrong last year. Yeah. But I do feel good about what's happened so far. If I'm just being honest with the feelings that I feel right now, I'm trying to be honest. I'm trying to be open. I feel really good. But I also look back at last year and understand, oh, yeah, you you were very wrong on everything that happened. And so maybe you just check yourself before you wreck yourself, <laughs> as the kids like to say. We got a couple more segments to go here on Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. We've been talking a lot of dollars and cents today when we've been talking about these linebackers or other players because that's the name of this track, Dollars and Cents by DJ Quick. 
but uh, this is the Wesson Walker you Show. You just explained that for everybody that didn't get it. It's always It always takes a little bit of the wind out of the sails when you explain the joke, but also I feel like we needed it, too. Yeah, There's yeah, a lot yeah. of people gotta, that didn't know what that was in reference yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to tell him, man. So, uh, Fitty did, though. I mean, this is yeah. he used to jam to this back in the day. Constantly. Yeah, he did, man. Little DJ Quick Fitty, you was a, a quick guy? Yeah, Fitty and JD, both a fan of dollars and cents. <laughs> okay, I bet. Everybody's a fan of dollars and cents, uh, especially this weekend when you're talking about all-star weekend and if that's what it will take to get some of these events back okay, okay, on okay. track all right you picking up what i'm putting down right i'm picking there? it up yep all right because again you know to recap what we talked about at the beginning of the show you know we certainly had our gripes and when you talk about this all-star weekend and a saturday night being one of the most watched in four years being the most watched in four years because you had the event with sabrina nescu and stephen curry which was a highlight uh the skills competition we didn't get to either so the skills competition I did enjoy it, but I did think that that needs a little bit of tweaking, too, because I thought the passing portion was a bit dull. I thought they could have picked a different skill it's hard to, to make, try to get. It's hard to make bounce passes interesting. Right. <laughs> I mean, we're still doing this where you have the moving target. Like, that's cool enough. But once they start going with the one-handed bounce pass from, like, what was it, 20 feet out, trying yeah. to hit the, the moving target in the middle, it's just hard to make chess passes and bounce passes, especially watching it over and over and over again. That's hard to make interesting. And that's like when I say the three point shot, the three point competition is the only competition everybody really tries in slam dunk too. It's just, we have different problems with the slam dunk contest, mm -hmm. the skills challenge when they just go out there, laissez faire, and Anthony Edwards is trying left-handed. The guy's missing uh, directions on stuff. And then my son was even sitting there. He was like, why are they going so slow through the course? Because I couldn't make that. I'm like, why they are they just how what they do. going half speed through this thing? They've been doing that for a while in the skills challenge. Oh. They've been doing it for a very long time. I would think the obstacle course would actually be somewhat cool to try to compete at. Right. That's what – and. I, th I thought that would be one that people would try just to see what kind of time, because that's one where you're not going to be doing this forever. You've got like, what, three runs at it. So you might as well just give it your all for just to see what kind of time you can put up there. But no, they don't care about that. Man. But we should have seen this too coming with this culture, because this has been the culture of everybody wanting to join up with each other. The super teams, even though I enjoy the super teams because I like to watch it. But the thing is, the competition aspect of guys being nasty and dirty we see it, you know, in the rules and how the lightest of things can get uh, technical fouls, flagrant fouls. You don't see guys going after one another. It's like um, taboo if you go after a superstar and you try to get at him, give him a hard foul and things of that nature. Like that part of the game for the most part is gone. And I think it trickles into the also game because you don't see that competition where guys want to show up the other guy. Like we talked about, like with Brandon Miller, he's super competitive. Beginning in that Rising Stars game and saying, man, I'm going to tear the head off of whoever is put in front of me or getting in that skills competition. And so that was my issue. So it brings me to this point, too. And if you got something somewhere else, you can go there. But the All-Star MVP. And so we saw Damian Lillard get that last night after the performance. He had 39 points, 14 of 26 from the field, 11 of 23 from three. I mean, 23 three-pointers. But... <laughs> It's so much. When you when you look at that, that's an award that has had a lot of value. I would say the NBA All-Star MVP holds more weight than any other MVP in sports in an All-Star game setting because they bring that up when guys make the Hall of Fame. They bring that up when guys talk about who the greatest players are. 
people have always talked about the All-Star MVP, and we know the iconic images of the player holding up the All-Star MVP trophy when it's all said and done. That's always a great part of the game. And that's why I enjoyed talking about who we thought would be the MVP because my man Luca just didn't give a damn last night. Okay, I thought he was going to come out and try to wreck shop. He did not. He comes out uh, and has seven points. So I was like, what's going on here? But has that been diminished too in your eyes because of the way they play? And also too, before you go, that trophy is ugly as hell. It looks like a cheap trophy that you could go get from, I don't know, Michaels or something like that. I'm like, for that to be the Kobe Bryant commemorative trophy, that's the best. They gave out great-looking trophies for the uh, festivities on Saturday night. You had nice gold uh, hardware in there, encompassed inside of the glass. It looked really nice, uh, really classy. And then they give out the MVP award, and it just looks like, it looked like the old ACC uh, championship trophy without the ACC logo on top, just all the little plastic cylinders. I'm like, what is that? So uh, what do you think about that? But then also, no. has the All-Star MVP been diminished because of the way that they play now? Okay, so th- th- as far as how it looks, I know that they dropped all of these new awards. What was it, two years ago mm-hmm. when you had most clutch player? It was You had a couple of different awards. I guess this is new, too. I didn't love it either. Like, it was pretty ugly, in my opinion, yeah, as well. Like, God, that's hideous. I was thinking about that same thing you brought up in your first point of all-star MVP did used to mean something. Mm-hmm. And so I think the the best way we can try to figure out how much it used to mean is if you just remember who won all-star game MVP in years past. And we can remember Glenn Rice winning it here because of how much it meant to Charlotte. But okay, maybe we just go from a national standpoint, too. Like, I remember when Kobe and Shaq split it that one year. When they both won All-Star Game MVP. I remember when Kevin Garnett won it in 2003. I believe that was in line with his regular season MVP. You know, I can remember MJ being one of the few. He did it in 96 where he wins regular season MVP, All-Star MVP, and Finals MVP. Like you were actually playing for something. I, I, I could remember some of these performances. Russell Westbrook going at it, even in 2015-16. It's not crazy long ago. I guess, you know, over, almost a 10 years is a while, but even still, it doesn't feel like that. I remember watching some of these guys go at it. I remember, you know, even in 2019, Kevin Durant winning it here in Charlotte. But when you go back to, like, Damian Lillard's performance yesterday, I he got a trophy for Letting it fly from half court. Being the best three-point shooter. That's what he got. He he, he essentially got a second three-point contest trophy. I'm with you. It doesn't – I don't know if that's as much of an accomplishment anymore. It's not. It's not even like – I. here I am, you know, coming in with somewhat of like a weak take. It definitely doesn't. Like the all-star game MVP doesn't mean nearly as much to accomplish it if nobody cares and you had the best shooting day that day. Okay. But nobody's – playing defense whatsoever so you're right Wes like I have the complete same feelings as you do on that just not meaning as much as it used yeah to. man and I mean it's disappointing because you want to see guys compete but I think it's this whole era of basketball and we do get competitive games in the playoffs and we do get guys going at each other man but where's the era of the trash talk where's the era of chippiness I mean just think about you know NBA as we enter into the second half or even here with the Charlotte Hornets I mean I know the Atlanta Hawks are 
the alleged rivals, and the Miami Heat are the alleged rivals. I remember asking Terry Rozier yeah, about this before many, he was traded. Yeah, how they many don't true rivalries are there in the NBA anymore? Yeah, they, the Hornets don't have one. Um, I know we're trying to do the battle of the pig thing. Yeah, since the Cavaliers <laughs> and since Cavaliers and the Warriors are no longer a thing. There isn't a real game where you really circle it on the schedule and you're like, man, I can't wait to see these two teams go in. So part of this, part of the rivalry discussion also has to go with how does the fan base feel about that other team? So I still think it's there between the Lakers and the Celtics. That still exists. And there's been different iterations of that to where I still think it has staying power despite them having not met in the finals for a long time. But the fact that you had it way back in the day, Russell and Chamberlain, then you had it you know, bird and magic. Then you had it even with the super team KG, the Boston three party going at it against the Lakers. So we have that. I I still think that's a rivalry, but it's kind of hard to think of, you know, how much it matters to some of these other guys. Now I'm with you on that. And I think it starts at the top with the Giannis's, with the LeBron's, with those guys, they got to take it serious. They got to come in there and set the tone in the locker room. Travis says on the text line, uh, the FanDuel text line, I'm done with the NBA All-Star weekend. Outside of the three-point contest and the Steph versus Sabrina three-point competition, it was total garbage. He said, just announce the All-Star team and move on. The players don't care and neither would Neither should we. And so that's the comment because I heard Allen Iverson once tell a story about all star game that he played in and how the East, I guess they hadn't won in a while or something like that. Yeah. And I, he came in the locker room. Life. Yeah. And he said he came in the locker room and was barking on dudes and telling them, yo, is this what we out here doing today? And then the East came back and won the game. Where is that? Like, we don't have that anymore. LeBron's not marching in that locker room getting that dude's like, yo, man, what's up? Like, we got to win this. Giannis is not going in there like, yo, what y'all doing? Like, we, we got to get this thing done. And I think it also starts at the top uh, with the superstars, man, setting the tone, which they're all stars in their own right. But I think the guys at the top of the game, the captains, they need to set the tone for this game. And I think that will go a long way, too. Look, the bagel guy sent this in. There's not enough money to, to make these guys want to play. The, you you got to take a page out of baseball's book. Put finals home court advantage on the line. Oh. Yeah, see, I'm not buying that either because if I'm a guy that's playing for a team that's not that great, or I feel like we don't have a real, real chance at the NBA finals. What do I care about that for somebody else to enjoy? Okay, like, I, yeah, I, I do mean, think that's that over, do? It's overcorrecting. No, but but like like for some of these guys, like look, look at Boston. Look how dominant Boston is at home. If they if if they were to have home court. They probably feel very confident if they got to the finals, they would win it. Like, if, if, if that's not enough to make you care, then at that point, get rid of the damn thing. So, because for some of these, for at least, what, a third of the guys, two-thirds of the guys, they're going to have legitimate championship aspirations. That's a reason to go out there and at least compete. I think that's overcorrecting. I think what that does is it takes the power away from the teams that are going to be competing. Because the Boston Celtics representation would be Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. And I guess if you want to say, well, no, Dame and Giannis are going to be competing for that too. And need all those guys if they had played. The other thing is, even if I want these teams to compete, you still don't coach this game the same way. And that's always been my argument for baseball. When you're, when you had that on the line, you managed, you managed. Well, no, 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 no. I, I, I'm saying they did it. When you manage, you still made sure, because if you were managing it like it was a real major league baseball game, then you're not taking your pitcher out after two innings. 
Well, outside the fact you got another All Star, like you've got legitimate. Yeah, but you're still letting that guy roll. If he just ha if he has four strikeouts and six outs in the first two innings, you're not taking that guy out, especially because the guy starting is also the best pitcher that season. And so that's why the fact that you're not managing in a real way to try to win that game, you can't put real stakes on. And that's why baseball decided to take it off of the table. I don't think you do that with the NBA. I, people are saying the money thing isn't going to make them play hard enough. You definitely need more than 100000 or 200000 You definitely do with the way that these guys are making money at their current rate. Because guys did care in the regular season tournament. They did. And yes, that counts towards your record. You're also going after 500000 in that moment. Got to get those two vacations in. D'Angelo Russell's comment is an all-timer for me. What kind of vacations are you taking if it's 500000 Yeah, it'll pay for you know a couple of vacations. Those 500, you know, that five, the 500 Gs are going to help me. It's like, holy moly. Like, two vacations? That's it? That's amazing. Um, the difference is with the regular season, like in-season tournament, that's before you desperately need a break. Here at the All-Star break, we're two-thirds of the way done. And so the fact that it's may, maybe do you... You can't move it much further because you still need a sample size to judge fairly on who is an all-star. So the timing is really hard. I, I go back to the mini tournament I gave you in the beginning of the show. Expand the all-star roster by one more spot. Yeah, in I each. like that. You give me one more all-star roster spot in the East and the West. That's what? 32 players, right? Because it's the top 15 from each, I believe. Is that right? I, I need to look it up. Whatever you could divide up into four teams. And then you have a mini tournament. And then whoever wins the championship gets some kind of money that you hope the players care about it. It might take some tinkering, but it's just not watchable. Like I, who enjoys it? It's really tough to find anybody that watches that and enjoys it. And that's why I would love for them to try to figure out a way to fix it. If thing. they did sick of dunks, I would enjoy that more. And I feel like with LeBron, man, and it is amazing and quite an accomplishment that he's played in 20 all-stars. They said that he's played with 30% of the total all-stars in NBA history. That's insane. And I <laughs> think is. when it's you look crazy. at the, the two halves of his career, and I think the first half, maybe two-thirds, you know, you did have what the game was consisting of a lot of sick dunks when it was him and T-Mac and Kobe mm -hmm. and all those guys. And I think now, you know, like I said, it's turned more to three-point shooting. And I think for fans, I don't mind. I don't want that many threes being taken, but – you know, I can see a good bit of threes because the game has changed now. Let's let's just be honest. 90s guy, look, you might have had three to four guys in those all-star games that could shoot threes, okay? You might have had three to four, two on each team. Mm -hmm. Now in these games, everybody can shoot a doggone three. There were only five guys who didn't make one last night, and all these guys are capable. Like Giannis, yeah, he's not a great three-point shooter, but he's capable. We know Paolo can hit the three. Uh, Anthony Edwards, we know he's capable of that. He only took uh, one three-point attempt total. Then you had uh, LeBron went over and AD went over. But I think a lot of it, too, is, man, the guys are so skilled that everybody on the floor can shoot. Everybody on that All-Star game, uh, everybody well, in that game can shoot. Well, and even think about the, the reason, yes, part of it is because three-point shooting is a big part of the game. The other reason is it's a lot easier. Uh, I'll just catch this ball at the three-point line and heave it. Like, it's just so easy. What, what do we talk about so often when teams shoot three-pointers in regular action? They settle for too many three-pointers? That's because it's easy. 
Because it's harder than you got to take a few more dribbles. I'm not saying it's hard to the All Star game, but all right, I'll throw a 40 footer up there and see if I can hit it. Yeah, what about uh, Luca shooting a three quarter court shot? I mean, <laughs> it's like <laughs> I it's it's the it's the crazy guy on 2K that you're yelling at via your headset because he just doesn't care. Because he just doesn't care whatsoever. Fit, did you have more thoughts before we move on? Well, this this one dude just said, what if you move the in-season tournament, that, that championship game which is played in early December, what if that headlines or is a part of the All-Star night, the weekend itself? Like, if you're going to make it a thing, you know, and... and you, well, then you can't call it the All-Star break anymore, can you? It's not a break for those players. They're going to have to play a game well, with the, guy, the guys on those teams. They're playing one game in seven days, though, because you get three days off before the game. You get three days off. Three days off. Like, you're still getting a break. Like, you got to do something, because I think at this point, if the game just went away, how many people would miss it? Oh, not many people. I'd miss it. Well, I... I would miss what it used to be. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I I would miss the collection of players and not being able to figure it out. And I would still like to try to figure it out. The, the other question, maybe, maybe this is all for nothing because we're not asking how to fix the Pro Bowl as much. Because the joke that eventually turned reality was, we'll just make it a flag football game then. All right. They did. That's what they did. And they did a lot of mini games. And I don't care to watch it. But because it's football, and football dominates. That's not even real football. But just because they play with an oblong ball out there, oh, okay, <laughs> let's go watch that sport. Even if it's not anything closely resembling to what, like, <laughs> NBA All-Star Weekend cl more closely resembles its actual product, I would say, more so than the Pro Bowl. Like, because there's just no tackling, and that's half the battle in the NFL. And yet we're not trying to figure out how to fix the Pro Bowl, and the NFL just doesn't care because people tune in. They don't care. So everybody's going to watch it anyway. If the NBA has these types of numbers because of the momentum that Saturday night carries in, even with a bad slam dunk contest, it ultimately has to be worth it for them to try to change it. And that's the question. I, I do think it is worth it for them to still try to change it, but not enough because if they're going to get these ratings and if this is going to be any type of consistent, then, oh, well, we'll just use our resources elsewhere. Before we get out of here and go to break, was there any dunk that you found to be memorable from the dunk contest, though? Not really. If memorable, no. I'm not saying they weren't all good, but I'm not going to. Oh, man, I remember when Mac McClung did this. No. That, that, that double pump was, I mean, that double clutch was nasty, though. Yeah, well, the yeah, one that, that he passed double, to himself. Yeah, that double clutch was nice. That was oh, a nice yeah. dunk. No, it was. I, I'm i not always going to remember, like, oh, man, the time Mac McClung was repeat champion. I, and I think, the Osceola magic. <laughs> yeah, I think and some of the stuff that they put on social media, like I saw one person had a security guard carrying a dog. I think it looked like through an airport or something like that, and they were like <laughs> the magic sending Mac McClung back to the G League. Yep. Uh, the, the only thing I say is I think it's the competition – level diminished max performance a little bit had he gone up against some heavy hitters in one i think that would have taken it to another level because i thought his performance was really really good i mean he made pretty much all his dunks the first go round. not the first he had he like missed. one or two the first attempts he missed second the, attempt. the first tries he missed the first attempt twice in a row yeah and i think that's the reasoning, quote unquote, for some of the judges dinging him as much as they did, but it still didn't it didn't resonate. Yeah. Like the other last thing for me, there are professional dunkers out there in the world. Yeah. That don't play in the NBA because they're not nearly as good enough. Mm -hmm. But I don't want to see that. Like I don't 
I don't want to watch some of these guys that are professional dunkers that can do the and one type stuff and do a flip and dunk it because I want to see the actual stars that are great and see what they can do because otherwise, why wouldn't you just hire those guys out? Yeah. And that's what Mac McClung is. He's not too many steps removed from that. Hired gun. That's what you're doing. My Osceola West. Yeah. (laughs) uh, Bryce mispronounced that. He called it. He said, what team is, uh, he said something like Oski. He, he <laughs> messed it up. But another thing I say, too, is that I've never understood. All these crazy dunks that you can go on YouTube and find, I never understood why players just don't look at that and try to take two or three dunks from those guys and try those out. It's because the LED court, Wes. Jalen Brown couldn't do what he wanted <laughs> yeah. to because the LED court didn't have enough grip. All right, folks, when we come back, what are we watching tonight? And we close this thing down on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's been a round ball type of show on Wesson Walker talking about ways they can fix the all-star break. And now here we are throughout the breaks talking about he got game, which is currently airing on VH1. Just saw Ray Allen give the final dunk, <laughs> beating his old man. Spoiler alert against Denzel I'm Washington. Take his bleep back to jail. Yeah. Sorry. I ain't going to big state. <laughs> Sorry about it. Yeah, man. And he did end up going. I know he did. Yeah, yeah. It's what he was saying here, though. Yeah. He was uh, pretty frustrated <laughs> after the one-on-one battle. And so we were talking about he got game. And Fiddy says he's seen it, that it's been a while. Of course, this got us on the conversation of best basketball movies. Wes, you said he got game is your favorite, number one. Yeah, it's my favorite basketball movie, uh, no question about it. And there's been several great ones. I'm not saying it's the greatest or better than your favorite, your favorite. basketball movie, but it's my uh, personal favorite. I thought the story was excellent. Uh, the basketball action was excellent. With you and Chick, cool. we're sure to win, win the championship. <laughs> I yeah, always man. think of that line. Woo. Now, you said you're also showing it to your son, the TV-rated version. The TV version, Just yeah. to be clear for everybody yeah, out yeah. there. But you're showing And how, how's he enjoying it so he far? He likes it. Yeah, he likes it, man. We started watching it because I saw it was coming on. Uh, I think they had Bring It On on before that. So there was like six minutes left. So I said, oh, we're going to watch this. Let me just put the TV on it. And so uh, we started checking it out, man. And I could tell when he's in the sun because he gets pretty quiet, not a lot of yep. moving around and stuff. So he's watching it. So he enjoyed it. We got through like half of it and it got a little late. So we said we're going to we're gonna finish the rest of it, though. Now, just to, you know, peel back the curtain a little bit mm-hmm. and show you what two America's basketball movies looks like. Mm-hmm. Wes said he got game as his favorite. Mm-hmm. And then Fiddy said, have you ever seen Hoosiers? And Wes was saying, no, I recorded it. I haven't watched it yet, but I'm going to at some point. And Fiddy was just beside himself. Are you himself, kidding me? Beside himself, beside himself yeah. that Wes had not seen Hoosiers yeah. before. When you could bring up a lot of classics yep. that he hasn't seen. 
Because the thing about Fitty is yeah. he acts like it's like the most egregious thing when you haven't seen something that he said. He's this like, is the what? This I is can't believe that. <laughs> Fitty, have you seen Casino? Nah, I ain't seen that. Have you seen Scarface? Nah, I haven't seen that. Have you seen this movie? Nah, I haven't seen that. But it's a lot of classic shows and movies that you haven't seen where I'm just like, oh, okay, that's what's up. You should check it out. But you, it's like, oh my God, I can't believe you haven't seen Hoosiers. Like, come on. Well, you are 40, Wes. Okay. You're the old head. You're supposed to see all this bleep. Ain't no old head, okay? First of all. <laughs> yeah, but I do, have, I do have Hoosiers recorded, and I almost watched it one day. That's definitely going to be a summertime, nothing on. I'm chilling in the house. I'm going to put Hoosiers on, and I'm going to watch it. Because I do want to see it, and I do respect movies that are considered classics. So I'm going to check it out. It's considered a classic, yes. no doubt. Gene Hackman's fantastic in the role of my shot. As pure as Jimmy Chitwood. Thank you, Bagel Guy. I asked him, had he seen Blue Chips? Nah, I ain't seen that. No. I told him, that's the precursor to NIL. He hasn't. Blue Chips. He hasn't He hasn't seen Blue Chips. You, <laughs> you should watch it. And I think, honestly, like so many of these movies, this is where I got destroyed that one time. And I went a little too far on it, basically saying there aren't very many good sports movies, which isn't true. But Blue Chips and He Got Game are two examples of movies where... Like the acting outside, because we have some basketball players going in there, and it just wasn't very good. And so, blue chips. Sometimes it's hard for me to get past. Sometimes it's hard for me to get past Ray Allen. I that is very pinky out. That is very uh, <laughs> a part of the academy type of take. I realize how snooty I sound, but sometimes it's just like I start laughing. I start laughing because of how bad it is. But I still love he got game. Like it's still a good. Not bad movie. It's still a good movie, but there's just some parts that are tough to get over for me. Yeah. Same thing with Blue Chips. What was the worst thing for Ray Allen in your opinion? It's his, it's his manufactured anger. Okay. Where he starts like like giving you like tiny little temper like tantrums. Like when he got at his sister about yeah. letting their dad That's in the exactly house. That's exactly right. We don't let strangers in the house. <laughs> and why? <laughs> it's it's just that stuff that's kind of tough but Ray Allen's a basketball player man and Spike Lee wanted to get a ball player it's crazy though man Blue Chips came out 30 years ago yesterday I saw somebody put a tweet out I was gonna retweet it 30 years ago I was like man because my mom took me to the movies to see Blue Chips mm-hmm. phone man Marty says white men can't jump straight classic oh yeah I think that's right. my favorite I didn't even bother to watch the new one I heard it wasn't as bad as you would oh, think no, did I you heard. watch it no but I heard I, I haven't heard anything redeeming about it. Yeah. Not one comment. When I saw Jack Harlow, I was like, nah, I'm straight. I heard just, I mean, people roasted it. Yeah, I didn't even bother. I'm like, I'm not going to watch them redo this classic. Mm-hmm. Especially, what, one thing for me that's going to be key, if, if you redo a classic, you got to have some elements of the original. If Wesley Snipes or Woody Harrison is not showing up in the movie, I don't want to watch it. I got to see I got to see some of the original links to the classic. Sometimes you try to got to bridge it. If the story doesn't line up with it well enough. And so I'm not as much of a stickler about that, but I understand your point. It's always nice to see those yeah, guys that are featured. Yeah, you're going to redo again. a classic like that. We're in the era of 90s nostalgia when we're in an era of mm-hmm. nostalgia. You got to give me a bridge to the old one, man. Have Woody Harrison be somebody's uncle or dad or mm-hmm. a coach of some sort of Wesley Snipes pull up in the movie to some capacity, man. You got to give me something that links the old with the new fluke. Juki writes in like Mike was pretty good with little bow. Wow. Oh, yeah. So oh, it's, yeah. it's, it's great. Now for me, like I'm kind of speaking out of both sides of my mouth because I actually think little bow. Wow was okay. Acting as the kid, but also I'm viewing that from like an eight year old lens compared to what I'm doing now. 
because it, it took me a while to watch he got game i was probably like in high school where i could still form some opinions on what it actually was that i was watching i was not watching it as a young kid plus my mom was not like you gonna be watching he got game with me Mm-mm, we weren't doing that yeah and so i had to watch it you know later with friends and i viewed it maybe in a little bit differently than what i did as a kid and i still love he got game mm-hmm. but like mike with a little bow wow i can't just say oh man what a great actor I was like, but like mike is it. a cult classic because we had kids in the room for um uh, ACC Media Day, and we asked best basketball movie, and the overwhelming majority was like Mike. And real so quick good. before we get out of here, man, low key movie, not you know, I'm not saying Academy Award level, but the Six Man with Marlon Wayans too. I, I enjoyed it's that funny. basketball movie. Six Man is man. funny. I like that. Too. Yeah, it is. All right, what are we watching? <laughs> Last little thing here, real quickly. Fitty, we'll start with you. Fitty is bowing out of what was supposed to be my scheduled interview for the Four Corners podcast <laughs> because he's leaving. Like I, we had this schedule, and now he's leaving me. He's leaving me high and dry because you're going to watch the Daytona 500, 500 tonight. It is the Daytona 500, and. Uh, Walker's lying. We were scheduled for Wednesday. But nope. I'm going, nope. I, don't you do that. I'm don't going you do home that. to watch cars turn left for four hours at 200 miles an hour. Give me Kyle Busch for the win and get his first one a day. Give me my favorite driver to get this thing done. Uh, you have your Chase Elliott shirt on. Wes, I don't know if you agree with this. It's the first time I have not seen him wear a Carolina, Dallas Cowboy, Mets, or WFNZ shirt in the <laughs> studio. I really, I really think those four shirts are the only things I've ever seen you wear. I've got a Hornets polo that I bring out. You do. You do. More WFNZ tied. Yeah. That's right. Uh, we got a Joanna man on the text line, too. We got Air Bud. And, uh, yeah, other thing, too, uh, Kane Gang tonight. Chicago Blackhawks coming to town to take this L. Joanna man was great, too. Charlotte-based, by the way. <laughs> Charlotte-based. Charlotte yep, that's right. Can't make that movie anymore. Probably not. <laughs> best, just go ahead and best leave that to uh, the time that it was brought up. And we don't need a Joanna man, too. That'll do it for Wesson Walker. Keep it right here. It's the Kyle Bailey Show alongside Smoke Ludwig coming up next. Remember, Kyle Bailey going to be talking with Mike Salk at 345 about a possibility going after DK Metcalf. You won't want to miss that. You won't want to miss the entirety of the Kyle Bailey Show from 3 to 6. It's right here on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.